War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. You're listening to The John DePietro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start right now at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, It is election eve. It is Monday. First of all, the weather is <clears throat> just delightful, isn't it? My goodness, balmy and comfortable. I saw some people online complaining about, you know, the planet is under attack. It's, it's absolutely the climate crisis. But, folks, I mean, the high today is going to be like 75. It's going to be beautiful. And then uh, it's, it is the final day, and then tomorrow it cools off, and then it drops down to a little bit more seasonable into the 50s and 60s. But for today, it's another gorgeous day. Well, folks, it is, as I said, the day before the election, and there are some choices to make. Uh, I'll say this. Let's start with, first of all, the, the mood nationwide, inflation. Did you go grocery shopping over this weekend? Do you see how much you pay for eggs? The Biden administration, in two years, they have absolutely destroyed the economy the economy and inflation that is the top priority what do they think the top priority is they think the top priority is climate crisis they think the top priority is roe v wade they think the top priority is saving democracy uh none of that is coming to mind for voters that are very upset the direction that things have gone with no end in sight now closer to home ashley kalis she ran her race. She has run a race. She has run very strong. She has put as much as she could into it. Uh, there's different things she left on the table. No one runs a perfect race. She proved and showed herself to be someone who was willing to stand up to Governor McKee and push back and fight back. Folks, I'll say this. The COVID money is going to come to an end. And then I don't know where the state is going to be. Governor McKee had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity of all the spending he's done he views it as an accomplishment. He, the money was there because of budget surpluses and then COVID money. So, but Governor McKee has a lot of expensive promises out there. So the, the, the race, you know, it's tough to judge. I think a lot of people do not like the direction the state is going. Governor McKee gives all that money away to the special interests, to the unions. Buying votes is essentially what's been done. And, and that's... That, that doesn't help the general public. And all of these people have been getting all these basically bribes, right? State police get $3,000 to wear a body cam. State workers get $3,000 just for showing up to work. That's going to end. It's coming to an end. The money won't be there. And he was using taxpayer money for that. <clears throat> so all these gimmicks and tricks. Now, the big question is, does Ashley Kalis have enough as we are the day before the election, Governor McKee is in the lead. The question is, can she get it close enough? And it would be an upset if Ashley Kalis, the Republican candidate, can pull this off. It would be a, make no mistake, huge political upset. Uh, Governor McKee, folks, they are, all the candidates are tired. There's going on almost like a week too long. But that's going to be the question if now at the final moments if people say you know i'm tired of the way things are going i don't like gas prices i don't like what it costs for groceries the economy is in shambles all these insider deals i think i'm willing to for change i think i'm willing to roll the dice so that remains to be seen governor mckee is trying to hold on he does have the lead folks if you also check on facebook i posted you know pretty interesting picture that got leaked out of a get out the vote efforts in Pawtucket and you see the people have the they have the ballot that they want to hand to them where they highlight who they want them to vote for and then black out the names the uh the names of the candidates that they don't want them to vote for but that that is not like oh here's just a guide we show people the day before the election in the in this age of early voting um that could be people right there where they're handing them, here's who you vote for, and then it votes. I don't like any of this. We should go back to day of voting. We should go back to paper ballots, for crying out loud. At least then you could count them. 
Instead, everything is online, everything is digital, all this early voting. It hasn't benefited. Now, watch. I am voting on Election Day. I'm voting tomorrow. I'm willing to bet anyone that is, you will not see long lines. There's also, there's voter apathy out there. Now, here's what we're hearing as far as the Rhode Island election, and that is, let's look at the fact that there's no hotly contested Providence mayoral. Turnout in Providence is going to be very low. There's no uh, election in Pawtucket. And David Cicilline, by all accounts, uh, is expected to, you know, get right back in. So there's no, in the northern part of the state, the Blackstrom Valley, CD, in, in, in CD1, there's, there's no big, it's not like a presidential election. You don't have a big draw. So now CD2, Congressional District 2, now that's much more because of Cranston Mayor Alan Fung, who is leading, who it is right there. That is going to be a close election. But it certainly looks like Fung is going to pull it out. That could change. It could fluctuate. But right now, it looks like they have run into a very tough campaign against Cranston Mayor Alan Fung. Now, you can't crown out because anywhere Providence is involved, they can uh, bury mail ballots. Because of that, you, you, you can't count out Seth Magaziner. But right now, it sure looks like Alan Fung is going to win that race in CD2 and, and go to Congress. And folks, thank God, and that can't, ha can't happen soon enough, and knock on wood and fingers crossed and say a novena and everything else but we need that to happen to be better for the state we need balance in the state if you're still undecided all you have to know about ashley kalis is we need balance we need someone at the state house that's not going to just everything is rubber stamped everything is backroom deals this is not the way our government's supposed to work and everything is just for the insiders this is crazy all these special interests all the organized labor unions teachers unions and all the contractors, I'm not even, all these different people that are totally abusing the system and, and you have, you know, a Demo Democrat run, Democrat governor, Democrat Senate uh, president and Democrat speaker. We need some balance, someone to go walk in the room and say, no, I don't think we should do that. No, that doesn't seem fair. No, let's not, you know, do it that way. We need some element of that. So I think I think a vote for Ashley Kalis is a vote for change. It's, it's a vote against the status quo. A vote for Ashley Kalis, you're actually voting for yourself. It's a vote against the machine. Dan, the, Governor McKee has just essentially put himself in a position where he is just a mechanism for the machine. I mean, it, it, that's what it is. He's a puppet on a string. You can see behind the scenes all the laborers, all the organized labor unions, special interests. They call all the shots. He's just the mechanism in order for them to get what they want. It's wildly unfair. It's not the way our system is supposed to work. And a lot of people are rightfully so turned off about it. So what do you do about it? Well, it's worth, I think it's worth a shot. It's worth a gamble. <clears throat> Keep in mind, they still have Democrat speaker. They still have the Democrat Senate president. So what are you talking about? They're still going to be able to get done what they want to get done. Even if, if it was a Governor Kalis and she vetoed a piece of legislation, they would have the votes to override a veto. So what it would really do is just give us some sense of balance. We have to take the conversations out of the back room and put it out there for the public. Folks, so much is decided, decisions made, and it's all backroom deals that we, when we hear about it, it's already a done deal. It's already a finished product. It's already been signed off on, handshake, hug, Handshake, hug. It's already been uh, it's already been decided in that manner. We need you deserve to have some say in how things are done, and no one is happy the way things are going. When that COVID money, the Republicans are are saying when they're going to take control, like that's it, COVID's over. No more of all this money flowing to the states. None of this, Governor McKee. Oh, it's an emergency. People need to get back to work. People, there's there's too many people receiving money and they're not working for the money. And so now I think, and also up and down the ticket, by the way, do you really want to have Governor McKee and Sabina Matos? No check, no checks and balances. I think Aaron Gukian is a very good choice for Lieutenant Governor. And James Lanthrop would be a very good general treasurer instead of against the mayor of Central Falls who just likes to travel around. And 
And Pat Cordelessa would be a very effective Secretary of State. So, folks, it is Election Eve. We will talk with Justin Katz, politics this week. Boy, across the country, get ready. It looks like a red tidal wave is coming. It's Monday, Election Eve, and you're listening to The John DePietro Show. The next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care, urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families, specializing in ambulatory medicine, diagnostic treatment service, AtMed Urgent Care. They provide immunization, school, sports physicals. They're a cost-efficient health care alternative to hospital-based emergencies. They're open seven days a week, walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work-related injuries, physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services, and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions. You, someone in your family suffering from COVID, you want to go straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, Johnston, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122, or East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road, online at atmedurgentcare.net. You are listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. It is election eve. It is time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining me, he's the managing editor, anchorrising.com. It is Justin Katz. Justin, the big day is one day away. I uh, also plan on talking to you, uh, whether we'll see Wednesday, Thursday, what have you. But let's just start off. I would like to hear your thoughts on late last week when the Boston Globe posted that podcast of Governor McKee. They contact all the candidates and and they do something different, kind of like in the zone of what the candidates into with Ashley Kalis, Ed Fitzpatrick. The political writer actually went to the to the gym where she spars and works out and so forth with Governor McKee. They met at his campaign office. It was supposed to just be an element of playing cards, the game that he plays with his mom, and um, that they featured in the television commercial. And and the thing just – I don't remember the last time I saw something like that locally where the interview just went off the rails and got very, very heated and contentious. And I want to hear your, your thoughts on what we witnessed with the, the governor, Dan McKee, in the Boston Globe. Well, you know, it's it's not a surprise in this election cycle. He's been make, making it clear and clear. He's just a prickly guy who thinks he kind of deserves good coverage because he's the he's got he bought the votes from the unions. He's a Democrat, and so I, you know, I think that's that really shows and the contrast. A part of I think the the effort. I mean, it would be one thing if uh, you mentioned Ashley Kalis at the the boxing gym if, if if you have a prickly interview at a boxing gym it kind of fits but this is yeah this, it just it just so perfectly captured his false image with who he who he is and how he behaves right you've got this prickly contentious interview while playing cards the game he plays with his mom it was similar to uh you made a comment regarding the the debate where his contrast with you know he's just the the nice mayor from cumberland and plays lives with his mom and then all his all his supporters outside smoking cigarettes they're they're kind of seedy guys corrupt guys um that contrast is really there and i think just from start to finish he's he he displays it and he so he's he's not a very good politician and there are two ways to be not a good politician one is when you're just too too innocent and too clean and too too good you just don't you, you don't get dirty and so you're not very good at it and the other is to just be I don't know, obnoxious and not be able to control that and I think that's kind of the kind of the, the, what he puts on display you know what's interesting Justin is in Governor McKee's mind now obviously he also used that opportunity he was trashing Channel 12 basically saying they, uh, you know, Ted Nisi, Tim White, Elijah, that they frame the FBI story to make him look guilty. He took a shot at Dan McGowan. How about that saying to Ed Fitzpatrick, tell McGowan to report it correctly. But it shouldn't be lost on people that in, in Governor McKee, Dan McKee's mind, uh, Justin Katz, to him, the perfect media person is Dan York, his friend. <laughs> they both live in Cumberland. They've been friends for years since he was the mayor. They play golf together. In his mind, 
that's how the media should treat him, which is to act as a surrogate, to be the defender. He has this, I, I'll just say, I, I think govern, the government has a warped perception of the role of the media because he views the media that they should be helping him and just echoing what he says and everything is all positive. And, uh, and that's obviously not the way that, that things work. No, it's not. I mean, I think he, he overestimates how much it's supposed to happen. I mean, he does. The media does help Democrats. They do help the insiders. They are on the side of unions and progressives and all that. So, I mean, there there is that. But it, what's stunning about McKee is it's never it's never enough. I mean, so I, I think it was during that that interview where he was talking about how um Attorney General Nerona was on Dan York's show and said Ashley Kalis was being unfair uh, about going after him for the investigation. Well, you know, he got Dan McKee got off pretty easy in Ed Fitzpatrick's reaction to that. I mean, this yes. you're talking about a Democrat, a partisan Democrat attorney general who's up for election talking to a radio talk host who I but believe is really is, like a McKee surrogate. In yeah, his, like, he's working it, on the campaign. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. that's something Good that point. that um, that Pat Pat could have brought up in the interview, Fitzpatrick, uh, and uh, and said, "Well, wait a second. What about this?" But he doesn't. Hmm. So McKee yeah. is getting the benefit of a of a tilted media, and he, it's still not enough. And that's what no. I think is really really telling about his character. Let's talk about uh, the governor's race, uh, uh, Justin Katz. What what did you think of? They had their final debate. On, on Channel 10 with Gene Velicenti. It was, um, you know, un- unfortunately, I still think there's room for, or could have been room, I should say, at this point, for the Kalis campaign should have gone. Uh, the governor, he came in. I thought it was also, I just want to touch on the Globe interview one more time. And, and part of that was, you know, him saying this is supposed to be a positive piece. But the other line of, I, I've heard from a lot of people that he kind of, as they say, land, you know, he was like placed on third base. Ramundo left. He was placed on third base as the governor, and he, he thinks he hit a triple. Everything said was true as far as everything was reopening when Dan McKee took over. Um, as far as he, he had $2 billion to spend when you and I have covered the state house, and all they say is it's going to be short, get out the pencil, they need to do all these cuts. It, it, it actually, whenever he starts rattling off, 35 million for this, 40 million for that. We, we've never heard. He thinks that's an accomplishment that he was able to write checks with all this money. And, and Justin, the thing is, as opposed to what? Should he be saying all the money is sitting there? Like he didn't do anything to warrant that. He somehow thinks that that's, to me, an accomplishment that he was able to spend all this money. Right. Well, I think that that's another example of, of just not being very good at politics. I mean, he he yeah. he's in it enough his whole life that he he realizes politicians take credit for things they didn't do. He knows that's part of the game, but he's just not very good at it. So he he tries to take credit for stuff that's just absurd. That's just, as you say, the, the billions flowed into the state oh. from the federal government. And yeah. that's not his doing. And in fact, you know, that could be a liability. And that's some areas where I think Kayless, I mean, during during the debate in particular, she was she was pretty quick on her feet with uh, responding to the surprise that they were going to release the the test scores for students, which is interesting too. To go back to the the podcast with the Boston Globe, that's right. He, he actually had said we we cannot. He said it was is not true that we can release the scores before the election. And then a couple of days later, he he pulls it out as Boom. a surprise on a stage. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're going to release right. them now. So kind of yeah, all right. That's that seems like you're you're pulling playing fast and loose with what you say. And she did respond well to that. But the, what strikes me is that, and this goes to his thinking he hit the triple when he landed on he started on third base. The reading scores were down this year from the COVID year. How do you go down from that? If there's there, if there's any if there's any indication of you, tr- he's trying to take credit for giving out money he got, and yet under his watch the test scores are still going down. That's I mean that kind of thing. And so Kayla's had a good response on stage, but it'd be it would have been better if she'd had the the context of of how terrible Rhode Island scores are and how much they went down during COVID Agreed. to respond a bit more forcefully. But that's that's the kind of thing, and I, I just can't believe that the how many people miss those sorts of those sorts of realities i mean i mean the test scores are what fewer than 30 percent of kids are proficient in math. and that's and somehow since it went up from last year in math that's good i 
it's, it blows my mind. But those are the sorts of things she could definitely be stronger on um, and the media could definitely be harder on him on. But that that real that surprise of we can't release him, we can't release him, she's lying that I can release him. Oh, here they are. I mean, that's just, uh, I, I think people are really picking up on that kind of just, you, you can't trust a thing he says whenever he no. says it. Folks, again, our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor at AnchorRising.com. Now, Justin, also last week, the Boston Globe uh, broke the story. It should be noted, you know, there was two days in a row they dominated coverage. But these these contractor text messages, Ashley Kalis was going back and forth with some guy, uh, dropped some F-bombs, some other language. And then that led to, they then had a press conference led by Sabina Matos saying, that she's not for Rhode Island. She doesn't belong here. It's almost like sender packing where they should kick her out of here. <laughs> what do you think of the text messages story? Do you think that hurts her? Um, and what do you make of the press briefing held that day, last minute press conference on the steps of the state house? It was all, it was all union people that were there. It was like a union, uh, union meeting for crying out loud. Yeah. Well, the, uh, so there, there are two parts to this. The first is the text messages themselves. And the thing, one thing I'm getting really, really tired of honestly having watched all this stuff for so long and it's getting worse is just the obvious hypocrisy the 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 democrats in rhode island do not care what she said to some contractor if she were a democrat they'd be saying this is she shows she's a strong woman etc 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 just the at some point you know you watch the politics and you say come on really you know you're really going to claim that you're bothered by this uh and to some extent i i have to wonder about media i mean you've got a guy who obviously didn't get along with her and suddenly the globe has her text messages i mean that's all right that, there, there's plenty of those sorts of skeletons in everybody's closets uh and but I, th- I think she she responded well to it i mean she she said he you know gave some context he tried to defraud her and that sort of thing so but the hypocrisy it's it's all over the place national statewide of of violent i mean you think of uh paul pelosi gets gets attacked a couple days later there's a republican candidate who's had bullets shot at his house with when his kids were home i mean but that wasn't a story so this it's just this constant the story is whatever serves democrats it it seems and i but i think the the rally was was kind of you know i also watching politics i don't know that that who that's intended to affect i mean you've got a bunch of people out in the middle of a work day um holding Pat professionally Pat Crowley was the MC. he introduced yeah it. yeah which 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 was hilarious to me because of and it goes right back to the hypocrisy one of the one of, one of my favorite memories of pat crowley was when he was a, a union rep for the tiverton teachers union and there was a picture in the newspaper of him giving a finger to the superintendent yeah, i mean this right. is the guy introducing the lieutenant governor yeah. to complain about ashley Kaylis's languages and a pri- language use and a private text. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, this is, cool. it's, it's just so absurd what people are being asked to to believe and to accept. But so you've got Pat Crowley there. You've got the the woman from the commercial with the fake Rhode Island accent. Uh, Ashley Kaylis came from around here, or whatever. However, she did it. Yeah. Uh, so she was there. Yeah, and Molly. you you know they're all paid. You know they're all insiders. They've got the professional signs. Who is persuaded by that? I just yeah. I just don't know. It's not a no. it's not it's obviously not a populist rally. You know, after after everybody gets out of work, they go down with homemade signs at the state house to express their views about Ashley Kalis's strong language to a contractor in in another state. Uh, it, it's just so canned and so hip, hypocritical that I I don't know who it could possibly change whose mind could possibly be persuaded like i was i was leaning toward kalis but you know they had the they had those signs where her last name was crooked so i i she must be bad i i just don't know who's gonna who's gonna fall for that yeah i did attend and then i even asked you know i interviewed uh, before we take a break justin the mayor of Pawtucket, don gravian and he said oh you know public officials can't behave in this way but i said you know you were at where was the press conference you were at walking a picket line in Pawtucket, where the, the the protesters that you walked the picket line with the lieutenant governor and Governor McKee, the protesters were attacking the Pawtucket police, and six of them got arrested. Oh yeah, you know that happened. That was unfortunate. I'm like, you know, my God, you want to talk about behavior? How about that? And you guys were all right there. It was the same people walking alongside you, folks. Quick break. Much more head politics this week. Justin Katz, right here uh, on the John DePietro Show. The Kuwait set in. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner 
or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Our segment is politics this week on this election eve. Folks, with us is Justin Katz, managing editor at anchorrising.com. Justin, I want to go through um, some of the races. How, starting with the, the top, the the race for governor, um, what, what is your final? I mean, we're, we're going to have to wait and see what the results are. I think Ashley Kalis, I'll, gi- I'll give her credit. She, she's certainly putting money where her mouth is. Um, I, I'll tell you, after being around a number of Republicans, she's kind of added. She's really rejuvenated the party. They haven't else. She said she was a fighter. She's come out as a fighter. That um, rally that she did with Democrats for Kalis. I mean, that that was something we haven't seen in a while. And she has been relentless with spending money on advertising and going toe to toe with Governor McKee and calling him out. What is what is your just how do you think the races were run? Well, I think I think she's run about as good a campaign as she could. Um, yes, I she I, I think she she did do a lot of sort of test crunching. But I, I mean, the downside is she came in pretty late. She's she's as famously new to the state. So there's a lot of context, like the test scores and the history and the people who are supporting McKee that she just doesn't know. And uh, so I, I think that was a liability. But apart from that, I mean, she. The, the Democrats for Ashley was good. She's got a lot of social media. The, the contrast now, of course, my social media feed is probably not representative of what everybody's seeing, but um, but the contrast between her rallies and McKee's are, are very, oh, or not, not even just rallies, but just well, rallies and just daily day-to-day events. I mean, he's at official events as the governor right. with insiders, with the shovel, look how much money I gave out. Look at these union people with all the same colored shirts who are supporting me. And she's at restaurants and stores and going around. And so I think she's done a good job of framing the, the contrast. And she is very, she's quick on her feet in the debates. And when she's, she's asked things, she's not prickly. I mean, in Rhode Island, the, the GOP's problem is, uh, well, one of, one of the GOP's problems is it's such a quick, it's just too two steps up from the ground to be running for Congress or governor. Yes, so so you right. get a lot of people who just are not ready, who should have spent a couple terms on, on a town council or something like that. And then started building their way up a little bit of time in a state house. And then you go to, for governor or Congress. They, they just don't have to do that because there's no competition and everybody wants candidates for the, the pro high profile race. So she's, she's done very well for somebody who was able to just jump right in like that. Um, and she did. She did put in her own money, and it, a lot of it makes me wonder: what is she? What is she after? I, I think if she was, I mean, McKee has tried to frame it as as sort of a revenge thing for her problems with the state, which seems pretty difficult to believe for me, given yeah, the amount of effort and money. Uh, but the, but I, I'm not sure what it is she's doing. I mean, she's setting herself up for continued runs. I think she. I think she's gonna. If she pulls it off, I'll be surprised, frankly, um, just because of the the headwinds against her and uh, the amount of money McKee has spent to buy votes. But um, I think she set herself up well for continued involvement if she, and future races for state and national from Rhode Island, if she, if she sticks with it and stays. I'll say this about the Republican party, just against, I mean, at the top of the tickets, the two big races, which is the CD two race, which we're going to talk about, and also governor. I mean, they had very respectable candidates. I mean, Ashley Kalis, as much as she was new and first time running, I'll tell you, she she ran an impressive campaign. She I think she kind of raised the bar. It's not like someone on also ran someone just running because it was their turn. Um, and, and we don't know where it's going to come out. Something to watch is, number one, she she has been very engaged with the mail ballots. She did hire that it Coutinho of winning ways. He certainly knows his way around. Some of the factors that we do have to consider is um, the fact that in in CD2, Mayor Fung is definitely getting out the Republican vote. In CD1, you don't have any big races. You don't have a presidential race. Mayor Providence has already decided it's going to be Brett Smiley. Cicilline basically doesn't have a you know an ele- real tough election. There's no mayor in Pawtucket. So voter turnout with the Democrats definitely could be – it looks like it's lower, which could play to her favor. I don't know. I don't know just how close she can come. It would be a major upset, but I think at the very least – um, she, she delivered far more. She did way more than I thought she, she would have done. And, uh, and it also just, 
you know, I, I think you're right. We don't know where the future holds for her, but she's definitely when I was there on Saturday for their Republican get out the vote rally. She's the leader of the party. They now granted Mayor Pung wasn't there, but they revolve around her. And there's definitely a skip in the step of a lot of Republicans because she just is not afraid to throw punches. She goes on the offensive. She um, kind of like a local version of Carrie Lake, who is the uh, running for, for governor. I think she's going to win in Arizona. Now, Justin Katz, let's talk about that CD2 race. By all accounts, one more thing I do want to mention. It was pretty significant at the end of last week. The DG da- Democrat Governor Association had to come in and drop money for Governor McKee <laughs> and run some ads. In fact, that you have a close race and then otherwise. So they had to show some internal polling numbers. But what are your thoughts regarding the the situation with uh, the CD2 race of Magaziner and Funk? Well, it, by all appearances, it looks like Fung is, is doing pretty well. There are national organizations that have him winning uh, and it feels that way. And there's some indication that Democrats in Rhode Island are 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 nervous about it. And Magaziner, I don't know, he, he's. He's just not a compelling character. He's he's the empty suit Democrat. He'll vote how you want him to vote. You know, he's just the insider. That's basically all he has to offer. And some of the the rallies that he has, they're they're not very they're not very big. He he's not you know he's out there in his in his sweaters with his collar you know his, his beige kind of shirt with the the monotone sweater over it and that kind of stuff. I I just he he must he's not an exciting character. And I think that is. This is an important year, and this applies, I think, to the to Kalis's campaign as well. Uh, and McKee is it's not a good year to be an uninspiring Democrat because you, you've got, you know, Biden that is not very popular even among Democrats. You've got the promise of a red wave. So I think I think Fung's got a lot of a lot going for him, and I think he also, uh, for national narratives, he he ties right in with. I think people are starting to wake up to the fact if you look at, uh, and our race here is. is one of the archetypes of this. If you look at the Democrat, this is supposedly the party of minorities and the outsiders. It's a rich white guy who went to a, a prep school that cost as much as most colleges. And you've got the the sort of worked his way up through the working class um, minority member Republican who's not you know not crazy and he's but so I think that contrast really is starting to catch on for people that this is this is the story is not what we've been told and so when you've got a when you've got that insider democrat like magaziner who just isn't isn't gonna nobody's nobody's really voting for seth magaziner they're voting for a democrat uh right i I think it's it's there's a lot of opportunity for fung and and he's the he's one where I'm, i'm very hopeful he he can pull it out justin you know what's also i want to touch on again folks our segment is politics this week with me justin katz managing editor anchorizing.com what really surprised me about the magazine race is i just don't remember a race where there was such blatant absolute lies i'm not talking about they fudge it a little bit but absolute lies whether it's about you know rhode island abortion or about fung's going to take away your social security i've seen where people manipulate and try to shade the truth and lift something out of context but the magazine race the ads that are running they, they, they are I, in the past. I just thought there used to be a higher bar and you had to prove it. That's what surprised me. I get mailers from them and they are complete lies and falsehoods. Well, yeah, I, I, and I think we've seen we've seen that increasingly, frankly, I've, I've saw it locally, even in local races, it just those the wheels are sort of coming off of the politics. And I think, I mean, that starts to get into the national competition and, and Donald Trump's emergence and involvement. I mean, I think he was a response to that trend. And, and then the Democrats sort of took out the stops and we've lost all standards at all in politics. Yeah. And so when you when you run up to a candidate who's not inspiring like Magazine or during a year that's going to be bad for Democrats uh, after and this is famously nationally uh, during Obama's terms as president, uh, the, the Democrat Party was really gutted. They in some ways they have the problem nationally. GOP has in Rhode Island. There's just they, their farm team is is decimated, uh, and they can't compromise with the other side. They're just stuck, and so I, I think when that's the case, you're you're going to have that. Re, they're just they've got nothing else to do but but 
just st- sort of fabricate and go back to their yeah. own lives. I mean, I thought that when I when I first heard the social security thing come wow. out, like, who, where, where, where was this coming from? Who's talking right. about social security? It's completely fabricated to scare yeah. people for voting, and it's it's just not a healthy way to to run a, a democracy. And I so I, I'm very concerned that. We, we just we've lost that sort of baseline standard and it's not just frankly it's not just the parties and the, and, the, and democrats or republicans it's, it's also you see it in the news media there's there's really a lot of uh, where they would have in the past gone for other you know tried to get other views they just they don't bother they'll call things insurrections that were not they're, they'll make assumptions about racism and just assert things as fact that are not fact and so i think that's a, a very broad problem we're having in our country and magaziner being just an, a, an empty suit is oh. is just going to go right along with that he's going to have no he problem is. with it no folks quick break much more ahead another segment politics this week justin katz election eve right here on the john DePietro show Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209 in Massachusetts. You can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane Heating and Cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. It's Propane Plus, and remember with propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401 885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com propane plus call them 401-885-4209 on this election eve our segment is politics this week with me is justin katz managing editor anchorising.com justin i want to talk on uh, touch on some of the other races what is your uh final analysis of the race for lieutenant governor not an easy race to get attention on i want to give credit i think republican aaron gookie and that is not easy they call it a down ballot race because you have the focus on governor you have the focus on cd2 i i i think he has made a very strong run in self making people aware who he is and also just trying to draw out uh, like the the real qualifications or lack of them by Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos. Yeah, I think um, you mentioned earlier that we've got the Republicans have a very strong congressional candidate in Fung, a very strong gubernatorial candidate in Kalis. But I think the the other statewide races are very similar too. It's almost a surprisingly, are. I don't know if it's yeah. if it's part of the kind of the red wave feel across the country. Some So people who might otherwise have said, you know what, I'm not going to bother with this nonsense, who are actually competent are saying, you know, I'll give it a shot. But I think Aaron Gookin is one of those who's, he, as you say, he's gotten, he's gotten more attention. He's drawn a lot of attention to to Matos's shortcomings as as a lieutenant governor, and you know, to be honest, he he had a lot of material to work with there. I think, uh, and he's also benefited by Kalis. I mean, McKee has helped to to make the lieutenant governor and governor feel almost like a ticket. Uh, so I, I think his Gukian's fates or Zikukian, his fates will um, will largely hinge on how well Kalis does as well. But he's he's done as about as good a job as, as you can running for lieutenant governor. I think there's um, I, I am hearing some people saying they they want some kind of a check on McKee. So, you know, he's very capable. Uh, I think he put together a solid platform. He's got a serious background. And I agree with you. He's a great candidate for someone who's never run before, has never done. He raised a lot of money and uh, was very compelling, very aggressive in the debates. What about the race for general treasurer, uh, Justin Katz? I mean, by all accounts, I interviewed the. Republican James Lanthrop, who's running, I, by all accounts, if it was an interview, he gets it. That that Diosa, the mayor of Central Falls, other than just being a full-time travel agent, traveling, taking every free trip imaginable, plus the city of Central Falls paid for a lot of, he had foreign travel involved. I mean, to me, that guy, he had, does not have the qualifications to be general treasurer. No, not at all. And, and Lathrop's another one. I mean, this, as you say, if it were a job interview, he would get it hands down. There's just no, right. he, he's, he's much more qualified and obviously so. And he's not, you know, a wacky Republican. He's, you know, or anti-government. I believe he, he works for a town. So it's not like he's, he's a far right 
you know, empty the bank and empty the pension fund kind of guy. Uh, he knows what he's doing. He should win. And I think Lathrop and uh, Guggen could have actually made more of the uh, fact that we've just learned sometimes a governor can't continue and a lieutenant governor has to step in. And I think that's that would be a strong case, too. Do you think Matos could run the state? That would have been a strong case. But I think that's, I mean, I, I'm not, for these races, I'm just not optimistic because I don't think enough people take them seriously. Uh, but but it, it, you know, it's kind of kudos to the Republicans for, for putting up a, the slate that they have because they are competent people who could definitely do the job and would get the job if it weren't uh, just a partisan thing, which starts to raise questions of whether some of these jobs really should be elected or, or not, because you, you kind of want the most qualified person running your right. multi-billion dollar state. And and the same thing, whether it's Secretary of State, I think Pat Cordelessa has made some good arguments for Republican Party. They've definitely put up a good slate of candidates. They also have uh, the, a number of the people that, that are running for a lot of the rep offices. I'll say this, Justin Katz, as much as I think President Trump gets a bad rap, what I've noticed is the Republican Party, they have a real opportunity here locally as far as just the state party of their people, the more they learn of, say, the twerking senator, Senator Mack, and some of the progressives that, you know, Matt Brown and the whole crowd, they like to sleep out of the state house, the more they don't feel connected to the Democrat Party. And as much as the media tries to make a, a big, big deal that, you know, Trump is negative and these Republicans and so forth, I, I don't I don't think that's how a lot of people see it as that the Republican Party to me is becoming a viable alternative for people who, you know, they just want good schools. They don't want these progressive ideas um, and, and they they work for a living. They want to have a good living. They're not dependent on the state for for all these handouts. I, I think the contrast between the two parties is just locally. I think it's becoming greater and greater. Yeah, I think I think what we're seeing is President Trump grew out of a, a movement sort of ushered him forward. I don't think he created that movement. And I think what we're seeing is he was kind of like a big splash <laughs> as that as that movement started to gain steam. And now we're seeing what the calmer side of it, where people are just coming. They're, they're tired of the progressive thing. Uh, they they're starting to realize we can push back. They are lying. We can yeah. we can respond to the lies and, and point them out and we can call for sanity. I mean, if a century ago, I think, was it Harding ran on normalcy? I mean, you, you can run on that and he won. You, you can you can sometimes that comes around. And I think I think we're, we're really starting to see that. But I think I do think also uh, Donald Trump made it okay to really forcefully fight back it wasn't just people yes. waking up and saying and saying okay they're crazy i guess i've got to go run for office now it was no you can push back it's a it's a house of cards you can go after them you can state the truth forcefully and you can win and be confident in doing it and so i think that was a very important uh contribution as well but i think that's it's really this this people waking up to the fact that things are it's it, we're Things are not as we're being told. I, I forget what the specific issue was, but the other day somebody posted polling results on some issue, and the two closest uh, groups were Black Americans and conservative Americans were, the, were most closely aligned on this particular poll. And I've been seeing this for years on things like school choice, and uh, the, those are the most aligned groups on a lot of these polls. And But we're just... We, we, we've just had so much focus on division and that has actually, uh, I mean, I, I may be going, I'm going a bit broad from the, the, the question, but I mean, that goes back to, you know, a lot of us, when I remember being at the, I was covering a Democrat election Eve event when Obama won and they were so thrilled. And I actually kind of thought, well, maybe we can now put the, the race thing aside, but that's actually when things got really, really nuts on race. That's right. I think it's, it's because they, they need that to divide us. Yeah. And so I think that was what now, 14 years ago. So I think we're, we're, uh, yes. we're getting to where people are saying, you know what, we, we don't need the craziness. We can go back to normalcy. And I think that might be why, as I said earlier, you're starting to really see in a lot of these races nationwide, who, who's the old rich white person. It's, it's the Democrat. Who's the That's young right. minority yes. person, conservative. It's the minority. Uh, that's uh, that it's the Republican. So I, I think that's really coming to the fore. And I think you're also going to get a, a lot more of these competent people like Lathrop and Guckin saying, you know what, I'm, I've got to get involved. And now that I know you can, you can push back. And, and now that Donald Trump has moved the Overton window so far to the, to the being aggressive that I can be a, a little bit aggressive and seem moderate. I think 
there's hope that that we'll start to see more of that. And if it gains traction, then maybe it'll build. I think it will. I think both parties have evolved. I think the Democrat Party really has become, you know, more of the progressive, the Tierra Mac, the Bernie Sanders, the AOC, the way out there, far left. And the Republican Party is, I don't believe it anymore. It is, it's no longer the Mitt Romney, Link Chafee, Ken Block, for that matter. It is, you get more of what we used to be the, the Democrat, the working person who feels more closely aligned with the Republican Party. Folks, again, uh, we are going to be talking to him after the election. He is the managing editor at AnchorRising.com. Justin Katz, just an excellent job as always. We'll watch the results and we'll talk to you soon. Yep. Thanks, John. Fingers crossed. This is the perfect time of year to have some paving done for your home, residential, commercial, seal coating, and patios. Make it letter J, J Perry Paving. They provide high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Call them today for a free estimate, 401 732 1730 the next couple of months get your driveway prepared for winter time call j perry paving today for a free quote 401-732-1730 licensed and insured contracting company committed to meeting their clients needs no matter how big or how small whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed call j perry paving today affordable smooth safe to drive on aesthetically appealing remember even asphalt can be recycled reused call them for a free quote letter j j perry paving look for them on facebook and call 401-732-1730 remember no one's better to veterans than j perry paving call them today 401-732-1730 high quality fair pricing exceptional service free estimate J. Perry Paving, 401-732-1730. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. Well, as we've said, it's election eve. Uh, some pretty interesting stories. Boston Globe had a story, and I think the journal might have had it, as well as the Democrats sending surveillers attacking some of their progressive candidates. I believe some people have seen some of these mailers in northern Rhode Island, because the group they are aligned with, Winsocket Mayor, uh, but not aligned with, but friendly of, it's kind of supporters of a pact of Winsocket Mayor Lisa Baldelli Hunt. So I know some of the people that went against her, that they've been sending mailers out against them. They've also been going after that very progressive rep out of Warwick, Jennifer Rourke. But now, folks, there's, there's something very disturbing, and I'm going to draw your attention to DePetro.com, and it's the Get Out the Vote and it was the McKee people that posted this photo. And you see Governor McKee, and he's with this woman. And it's the type of ballot that they give them where they say, here, fill this out. And the people they want them to vote for are highlighted, and then they black out, you know, all their opponents. And this goes beyond. I, I find it troubling. This is a sitting governor. There are mail ballots. There are people right there. This business of the privacy of the, the ballot box or the privacy, this, this is... This is a governor handing someone a form saying, here, vote for these people. And, of course, himself is included with that. I find it very, very troubling. I do. And, you know, if this is what they talk about, you know, democracy, and if this is what they talk about, getting more people involved in the process and the convenience of voting, how, how is that democracy that a sitting governor is sitting there? And you can see the photo. It's up on the website, Petro.com. And he, he, he's not saying, hey, vote for me. He's handing her a form and instructing her, here, follow this, vote for these people, myself included. It was a photo the McKee people posted in Pawtucket. They call it the get out the vote, but th this goes beyond encouraging people to vote. Th that is, what, what is that woman, if you see the photo, what is that woman supposed to do? Is she with what they hand her? There's not even an option to vote for Ashley Kalis. There's no option to to vote for Aaron Gukian. It's all just the people that they want. I believe there's not enough attention that has been made of how much these people are just manipulating the system, manipulating the vote, manipulating the system. They do it under the guise of everyone should vote and democracy's under attack and early voting folks mark my words as i said you watch i'm voting on election day you watch there's not going to be lines this whole business oh we have to have all this early there's not going to be lines tomorrow you're going to breeze in and out and especially in certain places in cd2 in Pawtucket, parts of lincoln cumberland you watch it's going to be a ghost town 
They, they're destroying our elections. I wish they would lose this narrative. They're like, gee, why would anyone want to cheat? Gee, why would any... Come on, since the beginning of time with the cavemen, there were people that were cheating with elections. They just find other ways to do it. And I also think... I also still get concerned when I hear people talk about poll watchers. I don't think you need to worry about poll watchers. The cheating that's going on is happening uh, early ahead of time in the form of mail ballots. I, I don't... You know, you used to hear stories, they'd put 20 people on a bus and they'd bring them in somewhere and drive them around and tell them, you say, you, you know, you're Jim Smith, you vote for him, your name is Harry Brown, and so forth. It, it's all in the mail ballots. But that photo, there is Governor McKee handing the woman, here, vote for these people. That's what they call the get out the vote. That's what they talk about democracy. That's what the Democratic Party says. You know, it's so important and what, what, this whole term they've come up with, the election deniers and all this other foolishness. Folks, I'm telling you, I think people are fed up with the insider deals. They're fed up with the corruption. I believe that Ashley Kalis is going to give him more of a run for the money than they recognize. I think she's going to do far better than people realize. Governor, and I also want to remind people, Governor McKee lost primary day. He lost. Helena folks beat him day of voting. The only way he won was through mail ballots. If we're up to me, we'd get rid of all these mail ballots. Listen, you have election day. I will stand in line for two hours to have a legitimate, fair, accurate election. And as long as you have no notaries and all these mail ballots and they want to voting online and voting 20 days out and all this other foolishness, it's all unnecessary. Move it to a Saturday. Move it to a day off. But let's have accurate elections. Make sure you vote. All right, it's Monday. It's Election Eve. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's getting cold already this winter. Keep your family, your employees warm with Matthews Oil Company. Call them today, 401-942-7500. Matthews Oil Company, 24-hour emergency service. For over four generations, they make it easy to keep your home comfortable and safe trusted oil delivery call matthews oil company today 401-942-7500 you can find them online matthewsoil.com matthews oil premier dealer rhode island delivering the highest quality heating fuels at matthews oil they take pride providing reliable affordable service for you and your family celebrating 90 years of service call them now it's going to be a cold winter get that tank filled Call Matthews Oil Company today, 401-942-7500. In an emergency, they offer 24-hour emergency service. Matthews Oil Company, 401-942-7500. To the John DePietro Show, it's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Folks, visit the website. On the website, you'll see all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, Instagram, even TikTok. Plus, you if you want to reach me, that's the best way to do it. We have unique, original stories, videos, content. Log on right at the website, dipetro.com.